passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Believe in Minnesota Football podcast, um, hosted by the starting kicker for your Golden Gophers, Matthew Trickett, and me, Tony Liebert. Um, for today's episode, we'll be recapping the Gophers' impressive 31 to nothing uh, Week 9 victory over Rutgers and um, we'll be previewing the next week's game um, on the road against Nebraska. Um, so I guess we'll just get right into the game. Uh, I think the three biggest takeaways, I guess, and keys to such an impressive um, result in the scoreboard in this game, uh, we kind of talked about it a lot uh, on last week's episode, but there were just very few mistakes um, in this game, I think. Uh Zero turnovers for you guys, and then 14 points off three Rutgers turnovers. Um, and then early 14-0 lead, we kind of talked about playing with the lead before. And I think uh, this team looks best, obviously, when they're ahead in games and they can control time of possession, like uh, what happened Saturday with two seven-minute touchdown drives to open the game. Um, and then uh, Minnesota was also 13 of 19 on – uh, third downs, which is by far the best mark in the last three uh, compared to the last three losses where uh, you guys were two of 13 against Penn State, two of seven against Illinois and four of 12 against Purdue. Yeah. Um, and we emphasize those key points. You know, the ball is obviously extremely important because whoever has that has the advantage they have you know their offense out on the field and your offense is looking to score points it's not impossible to score points on defense but it's a lot harder um so you know not making mistakes with the ball um keeping that in our possession being able to have those seven to ten minute drives and just control the pace of the game and um keep our defense off the field is exactly what we want to do and play that style of complimentary football. Yeah, I would imagine if you – if someone asked um, Coach Fleck what an ideal start to any game would be, I think it would look a lot like it did on Saturday with two uh, long seven-minute drives. Kind of since he's been the coach of the Gophers, it's obviously seemed like um, he wants to run the ball. He wants to control the clock near uh, – the top in college football in both those categories each year. And I think 
when you can start a game like uh, you guys did on Saturday with those two long drives, it just makes uh, life so much easier, I think, on the rest of the team. It does. It does. And, you know, that's that's huge. When the very first possession we have, Rutgers punter does a fantastic job, you know, pinning us on the one-yard line. And just completely unfazed, our offense goes out there and doesn't put together an explosive drive, but just a steady, greatly paced march down the field. Yeah. It, I think it was a total of 10 minutes. Like our our first possession started with, I think, around 10 minutes left in the first quarter, and we didn't score until the beginning of the second quarter. So not only does that run the clock down a ton, it also just completely deflates the other team because marching 99 yards is the hardest thing to do in football. <laughs> You're not put in that scenario a lot, but – when you have a punt team that's able to do that and pin you deep, you're relying on your defense saying, Hey, here's 99 yards. You just have to have three stops in a row before they get that whole 99. But, you know, our offense did a great job and just continued to march down the field on them. Yeah. Uh, I, I, the whole first quarter was very, I guess, big time football with uh, Rutgers having a, a punt on uh, your guys' 37-yard line, um, and then two super long drives, only one offensive drive for each team in the first quarter. Um, I, I, that kind of, I think, set the tone for the rest of the game where uh, there there was a lot of punts and not many ex explosive plays, um, but uh, Mo was Mo again, um, and he had a big day on the ground. Um, he broke the program's all-time touchdown record, uh, and we've talked about how he's kind of handled all these records that he's broken all year, but it was one of his best games of the year with 36 carries, uh, 159 yards and three touchdowns. Um, and then uh, on the year now, uh, really the only record he has left to break is the all-time rushing yards record, which he is um, 920 yards away, I believe. Um, or no, excuse me, he's 500 and some uh, yards away, and he would have, have to average – 112 yards per game in the last four games plus the uh, bowl game. Um, so it, it was another great day for him. And I think kind of under the same, under the same breath, if coach Fleck had to design a perfect start to the game and really a perfect end, it would be kind of off most shoulders. And that's what it looks like on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. And it's nice too when, you know, Mo needs a break, and we have Bryce Williams. We have Trey Potts that are also very explosive runners and able to, uh, you know, break a big run. Or in, uh, I think it was the second touchdown drive. It may have been the first. Um, but, you know, there was that long third down, and Tanner threw it out to Bryce in the flats. Yeah. And, you know, Bryce made – an absolutely amazing effort to get that first down. So, you know, it's, it's nice having a three headed monster back there. Yeah. It, it was one of uh, Bryce's best games of the year too. Um, he scored those two touchdowns at the end of the game, seven carries for 17 yards. And he had that 11 yard uh, first down catch uh, that you mentioned. Um, uh, it, it really, I think, in a game when Mo has 36 carries, and it really was, if you look at the box score, you'll think it was all him. 
uh, those handful of carries that you can get from Bryce or Trey, and you still pick up positive yards, it just makes, again, life so much easier on the rest of the team. Yeah, and it um, it's able to show the other team that, you know, we have other types of runners because they're yeah. not all the same running-wise. You know, they each have their own style and their own flair to them, um, and they're all very difficult to stop. So, you know, when you think you have a beat on Mo, and then Bryce or Trey comes in there and all of a sudden you're dealing with a whole different monster and how do you get this guy to the ground now? So, yeah, very fortunate in that area. Yeah, uh, another big storyline was obviously Tanner's return from injury. Um, and I, I think this was one of his first games that he kind of looked like himself again, uh, kind of that same level of play we were seeing the first four weeks of the year. Uh, he was 14-21, 122 yards. Might not, again, look like a explosive stat line in the box score, uh, but I thought that he looked really decisive and kind of uh, the whole theme of the game, like I mentioned earlier, you just didn't make many mistakes. And when you have such a big day on the ground with Mo. Bryce and Trey, and then you're not making any mistakes in the passing game, but you're making enough plays to move the chains. I think it was just really, again, almost just every like aspect that you could want pregame that uh, probably the whole coaching staff had in their mind. It kind of happened. Yeah. And, you know, he's a field general out there. He knows what's going on. He studies for hours and hours in the film room. So just having that confidence in him back there and knowing that he's going to be doing his job, but also might be helping other guys with their job and, uh, you know, showing some athleticism, uh, escaping some pressures and running for some first downs. Uh, you know, it sometimes goes unnoticed, but it's those little things that makes him fantastic quarterback. Yeah, uh, uh, like you mentioned, there was that uh, one play. I think he evaded the sack, um, kind of dipped under the guy. And that that's a play that doesn't uh, show up on the box score, but uh, kind of one of those that his experience comes off. He, he knows um, when, when the pressure is coming and he knows how to handle it. And uh, those are the plays that add up at the end of the game. And that's when you get 31-point shutouts like you guys did. Exactly. Um. And then looking at, I guess, the rest of the offense, too, um, I thought it was one of the better days that the wide receiver room and the pass catchers have had um, in a while. Um, Daniel Jackson continues to um, develop um, as a young player into one of the best receivers on the team. He had six catches for 51 yards. Uh, Brevin Spanford's role continues to increase. He had four for 29. Um, and Mike Brown Stevens, Michael Brown Stevens had also a good game, two catches for 23 yards. Um, and uh, kind of off the same thing with Tanner, obviously, I think the passing game as a whole didn't have those like explosive plays that'll be, uh, that I guess some fans might be wanting, but in a game like this against a team like Rutgers, I think there really wasn't much more you could even ask for, uh, from the passing game. Yeah. And you know, that's going back to what we said earlier, that's just, you know, that's the team we are and that's how we know how to win so that's the game plan we'll put together we'll put together a game plan to win not necessarily to just have explosive games or 
you know, score eight touchdowns and not play well on defense. Like we can give them some points back because we're winning by so much. You know, we play that complimentary, complimentary Big Ten style of football. Yeah. You know, run the ball, uh, be solid on defense, uh, control the clock, control the game. So when we're able to do those things and we're, you know, Mo's having a great day, we don't need to change that. We can continue to hand the ball off to Mo because it's working. We don't need to start changing what we do because we want more points. You know, we want to control the game. And at the end of the game, the results should show that. And I think that's exactly what happened this game. Um, even though it may not be the most exciting game to watch, it's not like a Tennessee that just is able to score in 30 seconds every time they get the ball and then have their defense out there on the field. Um, we played very differently. We know that. And we're trying to perfect every single week how we can use our game plan to win. So it worked this game, you know, a huge shutout for the defense um, and the offense, you know, they did what they needed to do. It doesn't have to be anything extraordinary all the time. It just needs to get the job done. Yeah. Uh, I think that is such an interesting point um, because a game like this was, is how I think this team is designed to win um, with this style of football and like, again, and I think the rest of the year, there was a lot of talk about the quarterback position and especially uh, there are a few media people that were saying that uh, uh, Gopher should start Ethan and move on from Tanner, which I think is just uh, an interesting opinion in its own right. But um, when, when a game like this happens, this kind of shows why at least, from my point of view, I think Tanner gives this team the best chance to win um, because the team's designed for him to, I guess, play like he did today. And it results in 31-0 victories like it did. And Ethan's obviously an incredibly talented player, and we saw that last week against Penn State. But it's just an interesting aspect to look at the position that way because – um, there might be things that Ethan can do that Tanner can't, um, but I think there's things Tanner can do that Ethan can't yet because he's just a young player. And sometimes you just need that veteran leader at the quarterback position. And there's some things that Tanner does that don't show up on the box score or the scoreboard at the end of the game that I think really helps this team compete at a high level. And it's just frustrating again to uh, see people, I guess not, not be so. They're like they just want to move on from Tanner so quickly, and it's just uh, annoying at the end of the day. But uh, like we kind of said before we started recording this, winning solves all the problems, and I think any person with um, with an intelligent brain would realize that a win is sometimes all you need, but. Um, like you mentioned, kind of going on to the defense, they obviously had a very big showing. Um, uh, first shutout against a Big Ten opponent since 2004. Um, won the total yards battle 375 to 134. 134 has got to be one of the lowest totals, I think, this year that the defense has allowed. 
Um, and Tyler Newbin kind of led the way. Um, he had two interceptions, three tackles. Um, and I saw this morning um, he was named uh, Senior Bowl Defensive Player of the Week, which was uh, kind of much-deserved honor for him. Yeah, I mean, he he plays at such a high level with uh, such great emotion all the time. And when he's out there flying around being himself, he's able to make those extremely athletic plays. And, you know, the one almost had a pick six on, but that's, that's who he is. And he's one of the many leaders on the defense. And that's just, you know, a taste of what he can do. He's, I mean, we have another great safety, Jordan Howden, that's out there uh, making huge plays as well. So, they're a great duo, and I know that they would give a lot of credit to the guys on the D-line and the linebackers for, you know, putting pressure on the quarterback and assisting, basically, in those interceptions. But, you know, it comes down to them, and he's a great player, and it's it's good to see him, you know, get a little bit of the recognition that he deserves. Yeah, I think both him and um, Jordan Howden are going to play football for a long time, I think, after this season at the next level. And I think they've kind of showed it that they are two major parts of uh, this defense and this team. And uh, like you kind of mentioned, it was kind of uh, – because on defense sometimes, especially in the, like, defensive secondary, you don't get opportunities to make as many – stats on the box score as a wide receiver would on offense. So a casual fan that's just watching the game isn't going to, I guess, necessarily notice Tyler Newbin's play because they're only watching the ball sometimes. So it, it was great to see him finally get, I guess, two big plays that show up on the scoreboard because he really has been one of the best players, I think, on this team all year. And uh, it showed uh, with another shutout. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's he's huge not only in the pass game, but also in the run game, being able to come from that second level and, you know, really lay some lay some pretty heavy hits down on the running back whenever uh, he has to fill a gap. So, like you said, you, they don't always get highlighted because they're not in the stat book as much because of the opportunities, but – if you watch what they do at their position and, you know, how they control themselves, how they're leaders of the defense, but, you know, 10, 15 yards back sometimes. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's special to see. Oh, uh, definitely. And then kind of, I guess going off that, uh, you had an, all, another perfect day uh, kicking through the uprights and a really solid day for the special teams as a whole. Um, kind of midway through the second quarter, uh, there's, I guess, uh, Mark Crawford had a lot of opportunity punting the ball. Um, there were a few back and forth punts kind of outside of the, outside of the half and, um, into the third and fourth quarter. Um, I guess, how would you, how happy were you with your performance and kind of the special teams unit as a whole? Yeah. You know, as special teams unit as a whole, we, I think went out there, did what we needed to do. Um, you know, that team was – they could be very sporadic on special teams, and we knew that going in. So, 
we had a lot of, you know, variables that we had to account for with every given play. Um, but like we say, the specialist play can erase all of that. So, you know, if somebody misses a block on punt, it comes down to the punter to get the ball off in time and put it in the right spot to erase that mistake that somebody else made. Um, so I think our specialists did a fantastic job. Uh, you know, that stadium that we play in is extremely windy. And I think you saw that on Saturday and there's gusts of wind. There's, you know, wind at your back, wind in your face. Uh, it's just, it's all over in that stadium. It swirls. It does whatever it wants to. So um, managing the wind, managing all the different variables that they had to throw at us. Um, we went out there, stayed composed, and did what we needed to do. Yeah, it seemed like a few of Mark's balls and a few of his punts in the air just kind of stopped, like uh, midway through the uh, midway, like. It, it, they had weird like ball trajectory it seemed like but uh he had another solid day punching the ball i thought yeah yeah and you know you can't control the wind you don't know especially with punts at that altitude you know how is the wind affecting up there we can only feel it down at the ground level so you know we do our best to go in the stadium on friday and get a feel for how the wind might be on Saturday and play around with, you know, heading in. Uh, I believe the point you're talking about is the one going towards the scoreboard. Yeah. Yeah. In the second quarter, I believe. Yeah. Second quarter. And it was a sky punt. So we're trying to pin him deep. So, you know, he has to hit a good ball, but not hit it too far to cause a touchback, but the wind's in his face. So it becomes one of those touch chip shots that you got to do, but yeah, got caught up in the wind, and it's it's something that we have to account for. But at the same time, we want to do our job and give our team the best chance to win. So that's something that we learn from. We can always learn more about our stadium and where we play and how we do it. So yeah, you know, we're we're taking notes on that. Gonna be better next time oh uh, i i feel like special teams is interesting because it's one of the I, I think it almost the weather and the conditions almost have the biggest impact of uh any other position or play on the football field because like you mentioned you're kicking the ball into a level and an uh that the rest of the game's not played at so no one really knows how windy it is up in the air um and Obviously, when it's like rainy and windy, uh, passing the ball is tough. But I think punting and uh, kicking is almost just as hard, if not harder. Um, and in a day that it might look like it's a nice day out, it is interesting to see how much the uh, how much the conditions affect special teams. Yeah, and you know we're we're blessed and cursed with you know the stadium that we play in. Uh, <laughs> it's nice because we get great practice there all the time. And whenever we travel somewhere else, the wind is most likely not going to be as bad as it is in our stadium. But at the same time, we play seven of our 12 games at that stadium. So 
you know, it, it helps to be able to have that experience, to have that exposure, but at the same time, you have to, you have to deal with it and you have to learn from it and it can, it can get you sometimes, but for the long run and how we perform and how we prepare it, it definitely gives us an advantage. Yeah. Uh, I, I, w- I would imagine that's the case. Um, Kind of, I guess, going off of uh, the 31-0 win against Rutgers, kind of into the rest of uh, the Big Ten. Um, it was an interesting week, I guess, conference-wide. Uh, Michigan, Michigan State, Michigan won 29-7. That was an interesting game after the fact. That's a whole nother uh, story we yeah. talked about. But um, the Ohio State-Penn State game, a lot closer than people were thinking. Penn State was winning that game for a while. Um, and then Ohio State pulled away at the end. Uh, Illinois-Nebraska was a close game for a while, and then Illinois pulled away at the end. And then um, Iowa uh, had 33 points, probably one of their highest totals of the year, won 33-13 against Northwestern. So uh, another one of those weeks in the conference that it uh, really was uh, five good football games with uh, 10 uh, good teams. And – once again, I think shows the depth of the conference overall and uh, really is just interesting storylines every week. Yeah. I mean, after the game, uh, you always have our players coming out of the locker room with ESPN up on their phones, you know, yeah, and at the score, seeing how other teams did. And, you know, you see the headlines of the Michigan, Michigan State, um, the great defensive play by one of Ohio state's uh, linebackers and, you know, in the stadium second quarter, I believe, you know, they show the what's going around the conference and Nebraska's beating Illinois. So there's a bunch of different storylines and week in week out, you never know exactly how a game is going to play out. Uh, You can expect certain things from certain teams, but you never know. <laughs> you never know. So that's that's where the preparation for a team becomes challenging because you have to account for this to happen. But if that's not going to happen, what can you do that can affect that part of the game? So then you get the result you want. But yeah, without a doubt, conference is loaded top to bottom and we always talk about it that it's a one week championship season because each team has the ability to go on and win a championship. So, yeah, uh, kind of, I guess, on the whole landscape, uh, obviously, you might need a few more balls to bounce your way with Illinois and Purdue to end up on top of the Big Ten West. But uh, mentioning Illinois and their close game with Nebraska, they did uh, win by. 17 on the scoreboard but uh game was a lot closer than that and uh nebraska i think is showing that they are still a really talented team even though after letting scott frost go earlier in the year um they had close games with purdue um beat rutgers and i think really presents again another tough challenge on the road this week um 11 a.m kickoff and I think one of the better atmospheres in the conference because Nebraska could be one and nine and they'd still have um, a sellout and they have 
very passionate fan base, sometimes a little too passionate, but um, it, it presents another tough game, I think, this week. And um, they're a very talented football team, and I think it'll be another, I guess, tough Big Ten West matchup. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, like you said, there, there will always be a sellout, no matter the record of Nebraska. And that's a tribute to their fans, to their environment there. You know, it's it's not an easy place to play. You have all the teams last year um, that were fantastic. They came in there thinking, you know, they'd blow out a – I think they were what three and nine, maybe something like that last year. Yeah, not a good record, but good teams came into their stadium and had to play them really close and really, uh, really hard. So it's not going to be an easy one. You know, it's not exactly a rivalry game for us, but it always feels like a rivalry yeah. game. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited to play in that stadium. I've never been there. So it'll be a first for me, but yeah, it's uh, going to be another great game. Yeah. Uh, really, I guess an interesting game um, from the outside uh, Nebraska. I think their quarterback's a little banged up, um, but looking at early, I guess, projections for the game, uh, something I know uh, you guys obviously do not look, look at, but, uh, Illinois was favored to beat Nebraska by seven and a half, and you guys were favored by 12 and a half, which is interesting. But um, it, uh, like you said, it's a tough environment, and it's always going to be a tough game. Uh, technically do have rivalry trophy on the line uh, with the broken share, but uh, I think another, I guess, great step for this season um, and the one-week championship season, like we've mentioned and you've mentioned and – um, a lot of fans might have been jumping off the boat and uh, win against Rutgers, win against Nebraska, just going to continue to get more fans back in. And I think showing that this is still a good football team. Yeah, without a doubt, we're a good football team. And it it is good to have that winning feeling back, um, to know what it takes to win and how it feels to win. Um, this is going to be something that, everyone on the team is going to be hungry for more of, you know, we're always chasing that down because we can do whatever we want Monday to Friday um, to prepare for the game and be our best. But you have to show up for those three, three and a half hours and actually go out there and win the game. So not saying that, you know, preparation is not important, but, you have to show it on Saturdays. And I think our team's going to be extremely hungry for that. And it's not exactly about who we play, but it's going to be about how we play. So we just have to continue to be ourselves, stay within the program and, you know, win how we win. We don't have to be anyone else. We don't have to look for explosive plays every other time, but, we need to understand our role, go out there, execute, and at the end of the game, we should be happy with the result. Yeah, uh, I think that's really all you can do. Um, if you don't have anything else for this week, I think uh, we'll wrap up the episode there. Um, the Halloween episode, uh, happy Halloween to our listeners. Um, 
As always, row the boat, Scotty Mont, and go Gophers. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.